following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. What's going on, Christian Life Austin? Hey, it is Wednesday night, and here we are for another edition of Let's Talk About It. Man, it's an honor. We've got, for those of you that don't know the people sitting at the table with me, let me take just a moment and introduce you to them. At the end down here, we got Pastor Philip Daigle. Can you give him a round of applause at your house? His lovely bride, Annie Daigle. And then our amazing senior pastors. Fantastic, phenomenal human beings. Pastor Rex and Patty Johnson. Come on, can you give it up for your pastors tonight? Yeah. And then, last but definitely not least, the most amazing human on the planet, my wife, the botanist, Cassidy <laughs> Wilkinson. Hello, hello. Hey, we're really excited about, uh, about what we feel like God has placed on our hearts to talk about tonight. And I think um, it's no secret that we are right in the middle of uncertain times. <laughs> I think everybody watching at home, everybody sitting on this panel would agree that you, you don't really have to look very far or, or very hard to realize and to understand this, that, that we're walking through very uncertain times. Think about what our country has, has walked through just so far in the last four months. Um, it's really mind-blowing. We, we've seen a global pandemic hit our world that, that has brought life as we knew it literally to a screeching halt. Uh, we, we've seen horrific racism that, that is, I mean, just impossible to comprehend how one human being could treat another human being in, in that fashion. Really, it's, there's no way to comprehend it. We've seen public schools shut down and, and still, even leading into the fall semester, unsure of what that's gonna look like. California has banned singing Y'all, in places of worship, we are living in uncertain times. You don't have to look far to realize that. But here's what I understand about uncertain times, and here's what I'm learning, and this is kind of where we're going um, this evening, is that uncertainty generally always breeds fear. Uncertain times makes all of us, all of us, fearful if we're not careful. And fear, if I'm honest, from my observation, and you guys will chime in in just a moment, I think fear has absolutely gripped our nation over the last four months. Pastor, you and I were talking just a couple days ago, and you you started to share a little bit of a, a story, and I think it would be very appropriate if you would just kind of kick our time off together tonight with this story and, and set us up for where we're going. Thank you, Pastor Brad, and uh, good evening, everybody. Uh, it's, uh, it's quite a story. I'm gonna try to give you the cleft note version of this story. <clears throat> it happened to the family called Winchester, who William Winchester was the... Uh, was the man who produced the repeating rifles. They used them back in the the old west. And a lot of people were killed by the repeating rifle. And he had a wife named Sarah. They were married in the late 1800s, around 1882 or so. And uh, had a child, 
few years later, and the child named Annie, Annie Winchester, passed away the very next month. The child didn't live long at all. And then a, little, a few years later, uh, her, her father-in-law, Sarah's father-in-law, passed away. And then the next March, her husband died. And so Sarah, all of a sudden, with these deaths just mounting in her family, became fearful. She became fearful of life. They had purchased, she went out and purchased uh, about a 40-acre place out in San Jose, California. They lived in New Haven, Connecticut. And she went out to San Jose and bought this place. She wanted to go plumb across the country to get away from what was happening in her life. She found a medium mistake. She found a medium who told her that the only way to keep herself sane and keep herself away from this thing of guilty fear that she had, this, this fear just kept getting bigger and bigger in her life. And so she said, you need to take that place, that six-room place that you bought with those 140 acres. You need to go and remodel that place and build on that place. She said, in fact, in fact, she, she brought, according to the story, she brought William back from the dead in a seance to tell her that she needs to be building on that house till the day she dies or she will die prematurely herself. So she, she hired these workers, no plans, no blueprint, nothing, just a mansion built out of fear, fear. And she took that six-room house, and that house, when she died, had 143 rooms, 25,000 square feet, seven stories, wow. and there were, there were stairways that went to nothing. There were doors that opened to walls. There was all kinds of just stuff. She had a, she had a loft. She had a balcony that you couldn't, even, you couldn't even navigate because of all the stuff that was there. In fact, when the builder, I mean, when the people that bought the house after she died went in there to move the furniture out, it took eight trucks a day for six and a half weeks to get the furniture out of there. What was a little six-room place became this mansion of fear because fear has a way of just getting bigger yes. and bigger yes. and bigger and bigger. And sometime in your life, you're going to have to handle fear. You've got to stand up against fear and say, no more fear. Right. I used to love those T-shirts, no fear. The people that were wearing those T-shirts had fear. And we all are fearful today. There's a fearful grip on America, and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and we need the help of God to get us out of that. It's in San Jose, California. Go see it sometime. It's called the Winchester Mansion, and it was built out of fear. It was a small place, became a large place because of fear. Wow. I think that is so fitting because over the last four months, many of us have been locked up where, where you are right now, <laughs> in your house. And maybe it's not a physical house that people have built, but it's a house in their mind that they have built up that's grown larger and larger and larger. And it is something that we have to deal with, and it's something that we need to talk about. And so I think that's the reason that we're, we're talking about this and discussing this tonight, making it such a prevalent topic. And so let, let me ask this question. Let, let's have a little fun as we start our time off together. I want to know this question, and I want the people watching to learn a little something about us, okay? So, Pastor Philip, I'm going to throw this to you, but what is yes, something that maybe you're currently afraid of yeah. 
or maybe growing up as a kid that you had this specific fear. What, what, what would that be for you? You know, for me growing up, I, I grew up in church and my biggest fear was, was honestly missing the rapture. <laughs> I, I, I would come Knowing home. Knowing you, I get it. I mean, that is, <laughs> I get it. I would come home and nobody would be there and I knew I had missed it. Of course, usually the first person home after me was my brother, which did not help me at all. I'm like, I, I can't judge the rapture based yeah. on you. Sorry, Jonathan, oh, if you're watching. Funny. But that was uh, something I was always afraid of, and yeah. I need to see my dad or my mom to know that, all right, the rapture has not taken place yet. That I'm still great. okay. Yeah, that, yeah. that was the thing that I think I was most fearful of growing up. Absolutely. Yes. Well, for me, as a little girl, I was always scared, always scared of somebody breaking in our house, an intruder, which I'm embarrassed to say because I know God has always kept his hand on us and all of that, but an intruder, even to this day when Philip is out of town, I keep a really huge knife on our (laughs) bedside table. This is not a lie. He can vouch for me. Because I have a little bit of fear that somebody's going to come in the house and maybe steal, yeah. you know, some shoes or whatever. Um, really, shoes? That's that's <laughs> what you're. That's the one you want to protect those yes, easies. We do. We do. <laughs> so, um, thank goodness for ADT. Yeah. So, yeah. shout out to ADT. Yes, yes. Yeah, I I can definitely concur with Philip. I remember being. A P, growing up a PK, and if I couldn't find my parents, you know, at the church, you know, would be in back rooms playing, and it, that fear immediately yeah. come up, come over me. Being left at a store, I remember, oh, if I ever got separated from my yeah. mom or my dad, just that fear. Definitely, you know, snakes and rodents and those things, of course. But yeah, that's that's definitely been a fear of mine. You're scared of those yeah. for sure. I, am. I, I have personal <laughs> experience with that, Pastor Brad. I'm afraid of, of, of one thing, actually two things, snakes, Yes. snakes, Ooh. and there's two, live ones and dead ones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I shared that with my wife when we first got married, that that was my fear. I had a little fear of the darkness when I was a kid. I think every kid does, but snakes just, I don't care if it's a chicken snake. Yeah. No. You know, I don't care what kind of snake it is. Right. No. It, I just... If it's dead, I'm going to jump. So in our house, in, the, in our house we used to live and raise our girls in, my wife said she thought there was maybe a little snake in our, our Diet Coke containers down in a certain cabinet. So, so I, I, I saw it. I, I reached to pull a can out, and I saw that snake in there about this long. And so I took the whole, the whole case of Diet Cokes outside and I, would, I turned it over and trying to get that snake out so I could kill the snake. Uh, and my wife came up behind me and goosed me oh, in the backside. And I jumped into next week. I jumped into next week. And she still laughs about that funny. today. And they made me tell that story today because I'm telling you, it scared the... <laughs> I dunked a basketball on that one. That was that, 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 that was a funny event, but yeah. nobody let me live that down. That'll be told at my funeral. Um, I had the same fears that all of you all have had, and uh, and when I was had children, that I was so scared when I would misplace one in a store or something, or they would wander away. That sinking fear that comes over you is just paralyzing. But I I have a little more serious fear uh, that I dealt with as a young married uh, wife. 
not long after we had been married, a few years, we attended a funeral of a young mother. And it was just devastating because she left behind, I think, four kids. And it was just so, so sad. Something happened at that funeral and on our way home. It, it felt like a dark blanket of fear came over me, a spirit of fear oh, wow. that I was going to die young and that I was, my children were going to be left motherless. And I could not shake it. It just hung on for me for days. And I, I didn't want to go to sleep. I was afraid if I went to sleep, I wouldn't wake up. You know, it just was a, a oppressing <laughs> Fear And, you know, fear has torment. Yes. And I was yes. tormented. I was wow. tormented with that. And I can remember at one night in bed, we were laying there, and I was just fearful. And I said, we, I've got to have relief. You've got to pray for me. And he prayed for me. And it, it, it had lasted several days up to this point, but that it left. That wow. spirit of fear. It was just a spirit of fear yes. from the enemy. And it left me. And I've never had that oppressive wow. fear Again, yes, I've been scared at different sure. times, but nothing like that. That was a spirit of heavy, heavy fear. And it was as if that blanket of fear was lifted wow. and yes. I was set free from that. And so that was a, a one time that I remember vividly that I dealt with fear. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I kind of have a similar, I remember right after you and I got married, I was driving to the church to play basketball when we had a, a, a gym up here and I got in a car wreck, totaled, it was your car when we got married. And man, it just, it freaked me out to the point where, not that I, I couldn't drive, but like every time I got in the car, it was the very first thing that I thought about was like, yes. man, I, every red light, like I would wait like 20 seconds before I would drive. I'm looking around, you know, but it was, it was so yeah, real. Very real. Um, other than being scared of the dark and being embarrassed because my sister wasn't my younger sister <laughs> as a kid, that was that's for sure. Um, yeah, y'all don't judge me. She's probably watching right now. <laughs> Kelly, I was scared of the dark as a kid. Thank you for <laughs> not judging me. Uh, but I have a theory on this, right? And because we all we all have little things that we're afraid of and scared of, but then there's there's some overarching like the season that we're living in now, right? That this uncertainty that, that breeds fear. Over the last 37 years of my life, I, I've come to the conclusion that God does his best work in the middle of uncertainty. Yes. God, God is amazing at, at moments when we feel terrified, when we, we don't know what's going on, when we're scared, that God steps in and does, does something just crazy. Like he, he works mir the miraculous in those moments. Let me explain it this way. Um, have you ever been, have you guys ever been, let me ask y'all, and I'm asking you guys at home too. Have you ever been on a plane that had a lot of turbulence? Yes. <laughs> you ever been there? Yes. Have you guys yes. ever been there? Come on, type turbulence right now <laughs> in the comment section. Just go ahead. You, you're preaching with us on a Wednesday night. But isn't it, yeah, I can't even, don't get me to try to spell that right now. Isn't it amazing how holy you get in that moment? Oh, yes. Isn't it like, oh, dear God, I, I mean, you're confessing everything, you're repenting, like you're not mad at the guy that didn't finish out your basement, like none of that matters, you're so laser focused, like the devil himself could enter the plane and try to tempt you in that moment. And you're like, not today, Satan, no way. Here we go. Whoa, I love Jesus. It's all, 
You know what I'm talking about? We get, we get so holy in those moments. Um, and so for that reason, when life seems to be spinning out of control, a lot of people tend to turn their minds, their hearts, their thoughts towards God. And so that, that's my reasoning behind this is that it seems like God gets more done in the bumpy seasons than he does when everything is, is going smooth and the roads are, are really smooth in our lives and in our country. Um, God can get so much done right now if we'll give him control and access. And so let me, let me ask this question. I wanted to open up to our panel. Can you guys speak to, maybe it's a time or, or something, you know, in your Bible study time that, that you found of, of God working and God's showing up in the middle of a time when you're just, you don't know what to do, you're scared, and in the middle of uncertainty, would one of you like, Cass, would you start? Would you just talk to us about that a little bit? I think to answer that question, you have to have the right perspective of fear. It's getting the right perspective, and immediately, there are so many scriptures in the Bible that talk about fear. I know my dad has always said there are 365 fear knots yeah. in the Bible. That's one for every day. There is so much scripture to back up Absolutely. how to deal with fear and how to handle fear. And so one of the scriptures is Isaiah 41.10 says, Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Another translation says, I will strengthen you and harden you to difficulties. So this scripture is meaning that God makes us stronger and stronger as we go through things. We're going to get stronger. It also means that over time, we become less affected by the difficulties and challenges that we face. It's kind of like exercise. The first time you do it, you're going to get sore. But when you push through that soreness, that's where strength comes. That's where you're going to build that muscle And guess what? You're going to get some gain, right? Through that pain, you're going to get gain. And I believe God permits difficulty in our lives sometimes because he's trying to reveal something to make us stronger. We need to be strengthened or changed by something. And that's why difficulty is sometimes allowed in our lives. And our weaknesses, they're never revealed in good times, right? You're never going to see a weakness in a good time, but they're going to quickly show up when you go through a trial, when you go through tribulation. Yeah, and great. so in those moments and times, it reveals an area that we need to be, that we need to deal with and that yeah. we need to work through and to be challenged by. And once that particular area of fear is dealt with, guess what? We're going to be hardened yeah. to that yeah. because we have developed strength in that area of fear. And so guess what? The enemy has no hold on that anymore. Yeah. Because we have faced that, we have, we've been challenged in that, we've been strengthened to that. And this is one way, back to that translation, God hardens us to difficulties and teaches us to not be afraid. Yeah, wow, so great good. word. Man. So Very good. Pastor, uh, excuse me, <laughs> Pastor Brad, as she was saying that, uh, this, this just came to my mind. Faith, faith grows three ways. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So what you're listening to tonight will cause your faith to grow. It'll cause your faith to grow. Not just reading the word, but hearing the word. 
Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Now, the second way faith grows is by building up your most precious faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. When you let the Spirit make intercession for you, when you get past my prayers to letting him pray for you, all of a sudden your faith just takes off. And then as Cassidy was saying, the third way faith grows is when it is tried, it is stronger the next time. You can go to another level. You can go to another level, another level. And hell will say after a while, you know, I don't think I can beat this kid. I don't think I can take this person down because they love the word. They pray in the spirit and they're growing in their faith. Every time I put something on them, they're growing more. You know, it's just an amazing thing to to, to think that God gives us a way out of this mousetrap, a way out of this out of this thing that we're in, that we don't think we can get out of this maze. God takes us through it and gives us victory over it. That's yeah, so he good. does. Yeah. That's so great. Good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Pastor Philip, I know you have some thoughts on this. Will you take a moment and just kind of share your heart? Well, you know, and I, I feel like this just really speaks to the current climate of our culture right now. There's, You said it to start off, there's so much fear. Yes. And I think, you know, if I'm being honest and if I could say this with all humility, I think this might be an area where the church is kind of missing it a little bit. That there's a lot of fear, and I think that we think the, the answer to that is more faith. If we can just have right. more faith, it's gonna fix the fear problem. Sure. Right. But really what the Bible tells us is that perfect love casts out all fear. Wow. Yes. So, yes. so the opposite of fear is not faith, it's more love. And yes. what I see going on in the world today, the, the division, the anger, the strife, it's actually fear-based, yeah, sure. fear of the unknown, yeah. fear of loss, fear of failure. And from that place of fear, there's this lashing out. And I think as the church, we're responding with saying, hey, we just have more faith. That's going to take yeah. care. No, we need more love. Love. love is the answer. Yeah. I spoke to our young adults last night, and you know, I spoke on the scripture of faith, hope, and love. Yeah. These, these three things remain, but the greatest is love. And, and I think if you're looking for an answer today, it's simple, but it's not easy. The answer is love. Yes. And that is, so that is so powerful. Okay, if you're at home, you're preaching with us, here's your, here's your assignment. Are you ready? Find the comment section. Yes. Love. Start, start going. Let's blow the comment section up with love right now. Love is the answer. And, and man, that is so true. If we could learn to love like Jesus loves us, and I know that we hear that all the time, but a lot of this stuff comes back to the most basic things. Like we seem to make it about all the side dishes of life. It's, it's the most basic things, love. And that, that is so powerful. You know, I, I'm encouraged because when we are in a season that we're in right now of fear and, and uncertainty, that this is the time when God can get an individual's attention. It's the time when God can get a nation's attention, a world's attention. Um, Because in moments like this, our hearts are looking for something. People, listen, when churches open their door full blown here, whenever that happens, I just, have, I just have a belief that people are going to flood the house of the Lord because they have been looking for something. And watching it online is great. I'm telling you, and, and we, 
we do what we have to do, but nothing can take the place of meeting together, worshiping together. And I listen, God's, God's getting the attention of people right now whom he may never have been, you know, their hearts may not have been open. And I don't think God creates it, but I think God will use it for his glory without question. And so I think that, that that's what he's doing right now because also in, in a season of uncertainty and fear, we feel our dependence on God. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, uh, I don't know, I, I can't fix the global pandemic. Right. And right. so we, I think people tend to, to feel their dependence on God. And Cash, you mentioned this too, when, when things are, are smooth sailing in our life, we don't generally learn too much. Right. We're just going along to get along, things are great, we got a smile on our face, right. we come to church, woo, this is awesome. But it's in the hard seasons. It's in the difficult seasons, the, the seasons of I don't know what tomorrow is gonna look like. I don't know what my job's gonna be. I don't know what my family's gonna look like that you really do some soul searching and you start getting a hold of the Lord and start being able to hear his voice clearly. And it's in these seasons. And that's why I'm so confident. As much as this stinks that we're in you know, lockdown and we're at stay at home, that God's working in the middle of all of the fear and all of the uncertainty. Pastor Brad, yes, sir. If I, if yeah, I can, please, enter, please, to, just to tag on to what he said, yeah. which was powerful. Um, you know, I've, I've always seen things in my mind as as pictures. I see pictures, and so when I was a kid, I loved to seesaw. I loved to get on the seesaw. Sure. And and you you wanted a kid on the other end that was less weight than you. Because you want to bounce him up, right. not him bounce you up. Right. But but the thing that you that was really wonderful is if you found somebody that made the made the seesaw balance. Yes. So on this end, you can put fear. On the other end, we're trying to reach peace. Yeah. We're trying to reach peace. And you know, a lot of people say fear knocked on the door, faith answered, nobody right. was there. No, 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 no. The fulcrum of getting from fear to peace is is love. Wow. Yes. It yeah. balances. It, so it puts good. balance in your life. When you have the love of God, it puts balance in your life. You know, there's a story of the Lord's resurrection when he came out of the grave. His his disciples were in a locked room. Yeah. Hid. Yes. Away for fear. And and I preached a sermon a long time ago and I think I, I think it went something like this. If a stone couldn't hold him in, your yes. wall can't yes. hold him out. Yes. Wow. He walked right through that wall and he came to where those disciples were and he let Thomas touch his side and touch his hand. And it was just an awesome thing to understand that Jesus wants to be with us in our most fearful moments. That was a fearful time. But Jesus' love walked through the walls and they touched him and saw he was the real risen Messiah. So, yeah, love works. That's a great word. Yeah, and... You know, when we're talking about the season of life that we're currently all experiencing, and Pastor Johnson, I've learned this from you, is that I try to identify somebody in the Bible, yes. you know, that, that might match up to our situation. And I feel like I've been drawn to the Apostle Paul during, <laughs> during all of this and, and the stuff that, that he endured and the, the things that he, he walked through. And, and Paul lived the kind of life and went through things, difficulties of life and, and fear and uncertainty that, you know, he, he's kind of, you wouldn't want to be the person that got up and told your story 
<laughs> after he told his. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the kind of stuff yes. that he walked in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next, please. You know, because the stuff that he endured and the uncertainty of his life was unbelievable. Um, his story would say something I've been stoned, you know, with rocks, clarification. <laughs> To the point where they, they thought he was dead, left him for dead. That's how bad it was. He, was. he was whipped, he was arrested, he was shipwrecked, and he would later be beheaded. But in the meantime, and this is where I think the beauty of it, and I want to draw this point out through all of the, the difficult moments in his life that brought him fear, that brought him confusion. He finds himself writing, writing this letter um, about uncertainty and about walking through seasons of life that scare you to death and frustrate you. And he gives us something really practical that we can do when we find ourselves in a moment of fear, in a season of uncertainty. And he, he would write this. So in the midst of everything that I just mentioned that he had endured, that, that's the key. In the midst of everything that he'd gone through, watch what Philippians chapter four in verse four says, this is what he says. Rejoice in the Lord always. Not when things are going great, not when everything's on. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I think this will make a little bit more sense um, if we take a little statement away, okay? If we take away in the Lord always, okay? Rejoice and I want you to plug it in. For those of you that are at home, I want you to plug in a different word, okay? okay. Rejoice in yeah. the new car that you just got. Yeah. Rejoice uh, in your engagement. Right. Rejoice in your, your new marriage. Rejoice in the, the new house that he provided. Rejoice in the fact that you got the scholarship or that you got accepted to um, a university. See, all of us, we know what it is to rejoice in something. Right? We know how to rejoice in something, but, but what does that mean? And I want to read this to you because I don't want to misspeak um, what I've got written down here. To rejoice in something is this. It's to focus on that good news to the point that that emotion associated with the good news begins to wash all over us. You know what I'm saying? That, that the emotion of what you're doing and rejoicing over begins to infiltrate your life. And so now it's not just inside of you, but it's flowing out of you, right? right? And, and that's what he's talking about here when he says, rejoice in the Lord always to the point where people will say, how can you, how can you rejoice right now in what you're, because I, I understand how good the Lord has been to me, what he's brought me through yesterday, last week, last year, I can stand and rejoice. And so in essence, he says this, I, I want you to, to stop and allow the reality of what God has already done for you. I want you to focus on that so much that you get to the point that your life is overfilled with the joy and the remembrance of what he's done. So rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. It's the reason we sing. It's the reason we worship because there's this emotional expression of God's goodness and his grace in our lives. It's why, it's why we cheer when people are baptized, right? It's, it's, that, it's that exact thing. And so we're rejoicing about what God is doing in people's lives as a reflection 
of what he's done in all of our lives. And so let me ask this. Speaking of, he gave us something very practical that we can do. Rejoice in the Lord always. I want to open it up to to the group tonight and ask you um, about some practical ways that we can do that because I think we all can understand these big pictures. But I want want people to walk away um, this evening with a clear next step. When they find themselves um, (laughs) entangled with um, fear and uncertainty and anxiety, things that just mess us up. I want them to have a clear step of some things that they can do. So can you guys talk a little bit about maybe some practical ways that, that we can navigate fear and uncertainty? Uh, Yeah, I'll start. I think one of the best things that I have found true to be in my life is to be a blessing, to be a blessing to someone Uh, let the outpouring of God's blessings in your life bless someone else. Uh, Being a part of Serve Day this past weekend is such a way to be a blessing. And it can look in so many different ways. You can do it in so many different ways by by texting encouraging text messages to people or emails or cards or gifts or things that you can do to help someone else in a time of need. Just being a blessing and getting your eyes off of yourself and onto someone else and just giving your brain a break by being a blessing to someone is a practical thing that you can do in times of uncertainty. It's one of our core values, making a difference difference. in the lives of others. We don't just say it. I'm telling you it works. Right. That's so good. Uh, Cass, that's amazing. I, you know, I don't necessarily want to speak to the practical thing necessarily, not the what I I want to talk about the how, like how do you walk this out? You know, I really want to speak to people that maybe you feel a lot of fear right now, and I just want to take the shame off of you. I I don't think it's a sin to feel fear. I think it becomes sinful when we begin to follow fear, when we don't realize that there is a battle raging for our soul, and fear is a tool of the enemy that he uses to keep us from the purpose that God has for us. And I just want people to realize that it's, it's okay to feel it. Doesn't mean there's anything wrong. In fact, you know, I, I said earlier that faith is not the opposite of fear, but it's closely related. In other words, you really can't have faith without feeling a little bit of fear. <laughs> if you're going to step out in faith, I promise you there is some, some fear involved. And I think a lot of times we live in bondage and in fear to the opinion of others the most. Wow. I, I think a lot of things that are going on in the world, it's we're all connected to each other. Our lives are on display constantly because of social media, and we're constantly in fear of, like, what are people going to say about sure. us? Yeah. But if you're going to step out in faith to do what God's called you to do, you're going to have to step over your fear wow. of what other people think about you. Yeah. I'll leave you with this. Most Christians that I know, they're, just, they're, they're not busy living their dreams. They're busy living their fears. And there's too many things in their life that they think that the fear is going to guide them to maybe the thing that, you know, it's a safe place. But I, I believe with all of my heart that as Christians, we need to be, get busy, be busy living the dream and living in faith that God has called us to live that out. So, so good. that's so great. Good. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah, Annie, you have some thoughts on this? I know you're, you are a very practical human being in general, so... <laughs> Um, I know that you've got some some thoughts on this. Yes, I, I really do believe that in this season for me, and this is my personal opinion, is that waking up every day having fear is not fun. Yeah. 
or ha- waking up every day and being confused about what our world looks like. But I realized a couple weeks ago, it took me that long, that if I would just wake up with gratitude for all of the things in my life or with thanksgiving, he's woken us up another day. We have children, we have a car, we have a home, we have an incredible church. All the things that we can be grateful for, and there's an incredible scripture, and you read some of it earlier, but I'm gonna keep reading on. Philippians 4, six through eight says, do not be anxious about anything, but in in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. So I just, I've turned my mind in another direction. I had to lay down, um, you know, lay down all the fears. I had to break down every wall and I had to say, okay, as hard as this is gonna be for me today, I'm gonna show gratitude, I'm gonna have a thankful heart, and I'm gonna just live live in a positive way today. That's one of my favorite scriptures, I love that one. Think on these things. And that's what I have to do. When I'm fearful, I just saturate myself with scripture. I just, you know, I have uh, books and that I can go to, whatever's bothering me, I can go to and find scriptures that pertain to that and just get that in my head. And then, of course, praying, you know, taking it to God and leaving it there. That always makes me feel better. But also, I music, music ministers. Yeah, wow, it's great. And I love music. And music just can speak to you. Yeah. And you can be, it might be a song you've known all your life, but all of a sudden the, pay, the words on the pages are the, 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 and the song just jump out at you and it means something more yes. with whatever you're going through than ever before. So I find that music lifts my spirit, it calms my fear, it brings me peace, as well as scripture and prayer. Those are practical. That's something anybody can do. Everybody can do. You don't have to have, uh, you know, degrees in theology and all this. Anybody, anybody can go to the Bible and ask God to show me something that will speak to my heart and minister to me. And prayer and and music, that's the three things that... I love to just get yeah, drowned in when I'm, when I'm in fear. And I can say amen to that <laughs> because when I come home from work, she's usually around the computer listening or reading a Bible study, listening to a Bible study. The girl reads the Bible every year. She reads it all the time. And so she, she knows the word. And so, uh, but I'll turn the corner of the kitchen. We have a, a Google, little Google woman there. <laughs> And, uh, and, and that Google woman is playing all kinds of Christian music, and Patty's over there in a Bible study, and wow, it blesses me. It really, really does to have a wife that knows how to combat the things of this world. The thing I want, the thing I want to leave with you is this. There is one place in the Bible, one place, and I, I believe in this. In fact, I try to do this at least once a week in my life, and usually it's on a Sunday before I come into this service to minister to you people, I get into what I call high praise. I get into high praise because in the book of Psalms, chapter 146, 47, 48, 49, and 50, the five ending chapters of Psalms starts with the same verses, the same words, praise ye the Lord, and ends with the same words, praise ye the Lord. 47, praise ye the Lord, praise ye the Lord. 48, praise ye the Lord, all the way to 50. But in 49... 
the writer takes a, a little different course. He says, let the high praises, let the high praises be in you. The only place it's found in the Bible. Wow. And here's what he said it would do. It would bind kings with chains wow. and the nobleman with fetters. So anything that's trying to be king, oh, I'm feeling the Lord oh, right now, good. over your life, so you get into high praise. What is high praise? High praise is not screaming. High praise is not yelling louder. Hey, Pastor, can I interrupt you? If you're at home right now, find your comment section, <laughs> yes. your comment box, and you need to type in high praise high as praise. many times yes. as you can type high it right praise. now. One go, time, go, go. One time in the Bible. Get into a realm where you're walking into the throne room. Yeah. Yes. Wow. You're walking into the throne room, and it's you and Jesus. And that's when you can say, I see you, I love you, I honor you, I adore you. I'm preaching right now to you because you need to get in that high wow. praise, yes. high praise. I tell the Lord every Sunday before I walk in here, I'm resigning this church today because it's not mine. It's yours. I'm going to get to preach in your church. Help me today. I get in that. I walk into the throne room. It's something that you do physically that works with you spiritually. Let the high praises it be in your mouth. It'll, it'll bind the kings with chains and the noblemen with wow. fetters of iron. I'm telling you, if you want to bind some things in your life, praise yeah. with a high praise so to the good. Jesus that yes. you know and love. So it works. Yes. It works. Wow. It works. Yes. Wow. Yes. It works. Yes. It works. Yes. It works. Uh, I hope that you're enjoying this tonight, folks. Come on. That that was an amazing that was an amazing thought right there and i just had a i had another idea y'all i'm going to i've got one closing passage of scripture and a thought but patty you mentioned singing a while ago um, for those that can sing at this table pastor philip that would not be you and i <laughs> while i start to get while i close this our, our time out together tonight. I need y'all to get on the same page here, okay? Because y'all are gonna sing a song. Surprise, here we go. Little quartet. How amazing and how fitting would it be yeah. for our audience to hear what a friend we have in Jesus? Yes. You guys know that one? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Raised on it. While, while the camera's on me, y'all can start talking, okay, as I close this out and get your parts together, whatever you need to do. Yes. We're, gonna, we're gonna figure that out. Okay, so. Let me, let, me, let me close with this thought, okay? Um, y'all, God talks to me in weird places and in weird ways. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I got up this morning, and he always waits till the last moment. You know that? <laughs> like, it's always very late. But I was running this morning, and I'm just, you know, looking at the trees, and, and God talks to me in, in those moments. And, and he dropped something into my spirit today that I felt like, I needed to share with somebody um, on this Wednesday night. And I'm gonna read the passages of scripture and then I'll, I'll make a couple of really quick points. It won't take longer than three minutes and we'll get to a, a wonderful song. Y'all better get it together. Okay, <laughs> Mark chapter four, verse 35. You're familiar with it. On the same day, when the evening had come, he said to them, this is Jesus talking to his disciples, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. So water is flooding the boat. But he, Jesus, was in the stern snoring on a pillow. And the disciples go to wake him. And this is, this is what they tell him. Teacher, do you not care 
that we're dying? Do you not care uh, that we're going through, that we're perishing what we're walking through right now? And then Jesus does what he does so well. <laughs> he arose, he stood up, and he rebukes the wind, and he says to the sea, peace, peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But, verse 40, he said to, he said to them, those that petitioned him, do you not care what we're going through right now? He said, why are you so fearful? Right. How is it that you don't have any faith? And this is what I felt like the Lord dropped into my spirit, and I hope I can get it across to you the way that he got it across to me, is that in light of what we're walking through, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, I understand the concern. Right. But there's a difference between concern and panic. Yes. Right, concern and panic are two different things. And here's what I felt like God shared with me this morning, is that panic is a control issue. Because when you're used to being in control of your life, when you're used to controlling how the chips fall and how your family's gonna be and how everybody at your work is gonna act, when, when you're used to being in control and all hell starts to break loose and you can't control what you've been able to control your entire life, yes. Yes. then that's when fear sets in because all the coping mechanisms that you've used to try to calm down and, and quiet situations, when those don't work, anxiety and fear and panic begins to take over. And, and the story, mind you, many of the disciples, what did they do for a living? They were fishermen, yes. which means that they were used to being the master of their own ship, yes. controlling where they're going, where they're gonna drop to fish. And Jesus would rebuke the wind, he would calm the sea, but he also did something else. He also looked at the disciples and he kinda got onto them. He says, hey, um, what's going on? How, where's your faith? I'm not saying that you have, to, you have to have all the faith in the world, but you were just with me. I've already done, like I, we've just cast out some unclean spirits. Peter's mother-in-law was just healed. I healed a lot of other sick people and cast out some more unclean spirits. I cleansed a leopard. I've been forgiving people and, and healed a man that was paralyzed. Like, did you not just... Why are you trying to control everything when I'm in the middle of the situation with yes, you? So good, so good. And so I would ask you tonight, as we wrap our time up together, what is it that you're trying to control that you need to surrender to God? That you need to realize in a moment that there's some things that are out of your control that it doesn't matter how talented you are, how great you are, it doesn't matter how much money you have or things that you possess, that there's some things that are going on in our world that we just need to say, God, it's gonna take a move from you. And so as you begin to contemplate that and you begin to think, I wonder if you could have a moment, if we could have a moment of surrender, where we say, Lord, we understand that we're walking in uncertain times, but we choose tonight to relinquish control yes. 
we're not going to panic. We're not going to be fearful because you're with us and we're surrendering that to you. Yes. And so as we do that, I'm going to pray for you and then we're going to sing. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. God, I'm so grateful for our time together this evening. Thank you for showing up and speaking to us. Thank you for ministering to, to hundreds and thousands of people right now, Lord, that are sitting on their couch, that are watching from their kitchen table, who because of what we're walking through have allowed fear perhaps to take over and consume their heart and consume their mind. But right now, Lord, we choose to give control to you. We're not the masters of our own ship. Take control, do whatever you wanna do, Lord. We trust you. We've, we've already seen what you've done. We know that you're capable. And instead of trying to drive this ship anymore and control how all this is gonna play out and control our own fear, we surrender it to you. Say, Lord, you have control. You have your way. And we know that if you have your way, we know what the outcome is gonna be that you're gonna bring us through this, even though we don't know what it's gonna look like, we don't know what, how it's gonna happen, but I know that if you're in control, we're gonna be okay. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said amen. amen. All right, did y'all get something figured out? I don't, do you have to sing in a certain key? I don't know how that works. Um, we have, a, we have a, a, a pitch pipe or something. No pitch pipe, no huh? Pitch pipe. I, didn't, I didn't bring one with go me. For it. All right, Cassidy, get us going here. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to Here's what we believe for you. I just have a feeling that if fear has been gripping your life, that you're going to sleep better tonight than you've slept in a long time. That the peace of God is going to saturate you. Because we have a friend, and his name is Jesus. We love you. Thank you for being a part of this conversation tonight. And we look forward to seeing you in the house or online on Sunday. God bless you. We'll see you soon. Love you, love you, love you, love you, love you. Bye-bye.